The knowledge of who you are will always be your source of strength in any battle. Always remember that. There's a difference between a Christian who is struggling to win versus a Christian who already knows that they have been declared a winner. It's a vast difference. Most Christians are struggling to win. We get sick, so we're trying to get healed. We have a problem. We're trying to get out of it. And we scrape and we claw and we cry and we beg and we moan and we groan and we pray and we fast. We, re- we do all of those things. And it's not actually what you're doing is you're trying to win a prize instead of holding on to the prize and stop the devil from taking it from you. Y'all got the difference. Okay. And so you have something and the enemy is trying to steal it from you. That's why, you know, in the charismatic movement, you know, it's a lot of erroneous teaching. They don't think it is, but it is. You know, and when you are sick, you know, don't say I'm not sick. What you say is I refuse to be sick. Yeah, I told you about the guy that had a cast on his arm one time. He came up in the church. I said, hey, man, what happened to your arm? You broke your arm. No, my arm is not broke. I was like, what, cast is a new decoration now? You got this from the 18 years of school? Quit trying to be deep, okay? Your arm is broken. You broke your arm. See, I got to do this two plus two. You broke your arm. I'm sitting up here just like you had it. My arm is not broke. He's trying to rebuke me like I'm blind. I know what a, not a casket, a cast. I know what a cast looks like. It's white with writing on it and everything. My arm is not broke. No, your arm is broke, dude. Okay. You're not, this is not a decorative thing. Okay. Stop doing that. Say, yes, I broke my arm playing with my kids. They reset it, but I'm exercising faith for it to be healed supernaturally fast. Is there anything wrong with that? No, absolutely not. Okay. So just remember, Satan is always going to attack your identity. We have, y'all, this identity problem is running amok now. Okay. I just, I was, I can't keep up with the stuff. I saw a news clip today that they introduced a new curriculum at a particular school and they take out all the he's and she's. All the he's and she's. It's, it's they, it's it, it's, it's, and, and the individuals, this is the sad part. It's not a large majority of people that believe this stupidity. It's a small amount. The wolves are speaking and the sheep are just sitting there watching. 90% of this country, I'm sorry, 99% of this country still believes in you are a man and you are a woman. None of this, he she stuff, they, one lady, she want to be called they, you know, and, 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 and well, it might be some truth to that because it might be some days on the inside of you called unclean spirits. See, when you allow unclean spirits into your nation, into the souls of people, this is the type of stupidity that people start coming up with. Well, now I'm, I'm no longer a male. I'm just something that we just going to invent a new name. They and us call me an it. I'm, I'm, I'm not male or female. I'm just neutral. And you got men now, you got about 10,000 men in the UK that are identifying as puppies. Literally 10,000 men. You got another group that they are identifying. What is a 45 year old man doing sitting in a crib with a pacifier in his mouth with, with braids? Like he's some look, see, that's the type of stuff your grandmother would smack you for. Okay. Oh, really? You're not a he no more. Okay, well, go get the belt. We'll put it right back on the inside of you. You'll be a he after this. So it's, it's, and the people, and and this is being pushed down our throats and nobody is saying anything. And this is all coming straight from hell. 
It is unclean spirits manifesting themselves through society because society won't put them in check. And the ones who are qualified to put them in check don't even believe they exist, called the church. Okay, when you leave darkness unchecked, it will evade and invade into the land and take over everything. And that's what we see right now, because the first thing that the devil always does is attack identity. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? I know you said you're the son of God, but if you're the son of God, then why don't you do this right here? It's always an identity thing. Okay, let me tell you something. I don't identify with nothing except for what the Bible tells me I identify with. Okay. Satan always attacked your identity. One of the things I like about Jesus, he always declared his identity. My favorite one is he told the Pharisees, uh, I am from above. You are from beneath. (laughs) That's my favorite one. I've been waiting to use that on the right person, by the way. I'm just I'm looking for a candidate of baptism. I've been waiting to use that one. I got a chance to use the one I put on Facebook where the stranger says, well, according to your beliefs, you're on the wrong side of history. I said, maybe, but I bet you I'll be on the right side of eternity. I put that one. I couldn't help putting that one on face. But then the gifts that people put are absolutely hilarious. Oh, man. Okay. So I am from above. You are from beneath. How many are from above? Okay. Well, uh, we're going to talk about praying in tongues from that place. And one of the things that it's for. One of the things that it's for, okay, we are in a different class, okay? That class gives us diplomatic immunity. That class says, I am from above, you all are from beneath, therefore what you go through does not apply to me. It's a completely different class. We are in the class called sons. We are not in the class called white, black, Asian, Puerto Rican. You are not in the class of American. You are act, and you are no longer in the class of human. That's why Jesus had a dual citizenship. Okay? His body was human, but the real him was God. And religion does not like to accept that. You cannot be a son of God without being one yourself. That's perversion. Birds beget what? Birds. Dogs beget what? Dogs. Even trees give birth to other trees. So humans give birth to humans, which means God gives birth to... If any man be in Christ, he is a... You can't be new if you're the same individual you were before, folk. But, you know, religion doesn't like that. I had some people that left the church years ago just over that one statement. Yeah, well, wonderful. You be human. I'll be a son of God. Okay. So I want to talk about, just for a couple of moments, um, this inner strength to live from this place. So let's look at Proverbs 24. Because uh, you need to strengthen yourselves. And Satan is always attacking your identity. You know, sickness and disease is a sickness and disease is a question. Uh, I came to show and find out who you are. That's all it is. Sickness and disease testing you. Who are you? You said you this, but let's see if you the son of God, if you're a queen, if you're a queen, let's if you're a queen or a king. And if you're a commander and you're more than a conqueror and you're an ambassador of the kingdom and the light is on your side, you are sons of light. and You can destroy the devil. All right. I'm going to place myself on the inside of your body and we'll see if what you say is true. <laughs> Ooh, we Proverbs 2014. If you fail under pressure, 
is only because your strength is too small. Right? So we start talking about praying in tongues and what it was for, etc. I'm going to mention this statement. Praying in tongues is a platform for the building up of spiritual strength, and it allows you to operate from different dimensions. Now, we talked about last week or the week before that. It was the week before last we talked about the opening statement of praying in tongues. This will be a series on our media page. Okay, tonight we're going to talk about one of the ten things that praying in tongues does, which is it builds you up and refreshes you and allows you to become stronger so that you can operate on a different dimension. Watch this. As long as I'm, we're going to pretend that you're going to have to use your imagination. We're going to look at different dimensions. As long as I am right here, I have access to this tile, my phone, my iPad. I have access to this water bottle. I have access to this uh, microphone to be able to use them as I will. This is what praying in tongues does. As you pray in tongues, you von and you're moving through the spirit realm, and you're moving through the spirit realm, you're moving to the spirit realm, and wherever you are consistently, whether you do 15 minutes a day, whether you do hour a day, you move into a different dimension that allows you to operate and have access to things that you couldn't ac- have access to when you didn't pray. Y'all follow me so far? Okay. So as long as I'm up here and I'm not praying in tongues, I only have access to these tools to walk in victory. Okay. But once I start praying in tongues, I start moving in a different dimension and I have access to things that now other people don't have access to. So now because I'm in this place right here, I now have access to this headphone, this chair, keyboard that are all turned off right now. That's technology. Uh, Mac computer, D-pad, chair. I have access to all of these things only because I went deeper in. Okay? Well, in the spirit, you go through levels and then you pass through a wall. And the problem is, is that you can't see what's on the other side of the wall until you get there. And so this is what praying in tongues does when it says, we're going to look at how it builds you up to allow you to operate on a different platform and a different dimension. Because you'll go through, it's kind of like, you know, it's like octaves. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know what? I'm going to come down here for a moment. I'll never forget this. T.D. Jakes said this. I haven't said this in a while. I watched T.D. Jakes, and what he did was he walked back and forth, and he counted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then he said one again. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. One again. 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. One again. Y'all see that? He said most people are satisfied being a 10 on a low level instead of a 1 on the next level. <laughs> I never forgot that. How many are going to level? The Bible says glory to glory, level to level, increase you more and more. Your path will become brighter and brighter. Well, that's what it looks like in the spiritual realm. You get to the first stage and they bring you up, 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 up. Okay, 10. Now you got to go to the next floor. You see it at a hotel. Okay, okay. And when you go to floor two, you have different experiences. How many of you know, the closer you start getting to the top, the more illustrious the rooms start becoming. Okay. And the closer you, the more, how many of you know, everybody gets on the elevator at the bottom floor. The more you keep going up, more and more people keep getting off, keep getting off. By the time you get to the top, you might be the only one on the elevator. 
Okay? So that's what it looks like when it comes to praying in tongues. And that's why the devil fights against it so hard because it allows you to go deeper into the dimension of the spirit and have access to things to destroy him. Access to technology, access to mathematics, access to scientific formulas. The list goes on and on and on. You have access to things that give you special abilities. This is the reason why there is a vast difference 100% of the time of a Christian who does not pray in tongues versus a Christian who does pray in tongues. Vast difference between a church that does not believe in praying in tongues versus a church that does believe in praying in tongues. Okay, 99.9% of the time, a church that does not pray in tongues, you will not see all of the miracles. They will have some of the more general miracles that can happen to anybody, but not the stuff that you see at the tongue churches. Y'all know what I'm saying? You don't see the miracles. You don't see the power. You don't see people getting healed. You don't see people, demons being cast out. You don't see word of knowledge, the ability to prophesy, the ability to tell the future. You don't see dreams and visions. You don't see any of those things happening in platforms where they don't believe in that. And it's only because, are they bad people? No. Does it mean they don't love God? No. It means that they have not embraced the full counsel of God. And so as a result of that, it's the, praying in tongues is the foundation for all of the other giftings. So as a result of that, when you don't have that, let me, I'm going to make this clear. I'm being careful tonight. Y'all, and I'm going to say this to the public because there will be people watching this. If you want revelation and information on praying in tongues, Go to somebody who speaks in them, not somebody who doesn't. I mean, you need information on how to get your car fixed and you're going to go to the person that's working at the grocery store instead of the mechanic. Y'all know what I'm saying? Okay. And so you see that dynamic there where, where the ones that pray in tongues walk in power, the ones that don't, they don't because they haven't accepted the full counsel of God. So as a result of that, the revelation ends up being off. So they call word of knowledge just being smart. Or a word of wisdom, they call that, well, the Lord just gives you, you know, wisdom to be able to handle your affairs correctly. You know, they, they say stuff like that, you know, um, when the Bible says praying in the Holy Ghost, you know, like we're going to mention here, you know, some preachers say praying in the Holy Ghost, you know, means uh, praying in English with fire. Y'all know what I'm saying, you know. God sent me here to tell you, you know, that type of stuff. Y'all, some of you experienced it at the Baptist church, nothing wrong with the Baptist church, you know, with the deacon praying up a storm. Well, because they had no understanding about what that means, they thought it meant to just pray in English with fire. No, that's not praying in the Holy Ghost. That's just you praying with fire or you not fire, but. (sighs) Umph, gumph, all of that stuff. Gumption, gumption. <laughs> ah, okay, so let's look at this. Acts 2, 37 through 38. Because the first and most important thing is, I got to solve this problem of, Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. So praying in tongues, or the correct term is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or another correct term in Scripture is baptism of fire. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, you need to be able to explain this to people. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, That's what now you become a member of heaven 
And as a symbol, you get water baptized. Now that you are a Christian and you are water baptized and the Holy Spirit is in you, now you need the second function of the Holy Spirit that we talked about last time, which is baptism by fire, which is Holy Spirit comes upon you, baptizes you in fire. The side effect is that you can now pray in tongues. And when that happens, all of the gifts that are on the inside of you all activate. And now you have special abilities. It is always amazing to me. I have to make this clear. Very, 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 very clear. And I have to be a little bit rude when I say this. It is amazing to me that you have so many guys that say, well, no, that's not for everybody. No, yes, it is. If you don't believe it's for everybody at your church, it won't be for everybody. The Bible says all things are possible to them that believe. That stopped the argument right there. Don't you agree? All things are possible to them that believe. In that case, then, that means then all of the people at my church can pray in other tongues if it's by faith. So if your church doesn't have it, it means that you have no faith for that. That's all it means. Not trying to be rude, but it's just really a simple thing, black and white, ABC, one, two, three. Okay, so that's why every person that comes here, when they say, I want to pray in tongues, fine. Repeat this prayer, they start praying in other tongues. Otherwise, people would not come from churches where they don't believe that and then receive it. If that was true, everybody that comes from other churches where they don't believe that, they wouldn't receive that. But every single person that comes from churches where they don't believe that, they receive that. I'm in kind of a rap mode today, aren't I? I, just... I mean, it's frustrating because it's the leaders that are holding people up, not God. Anyway, so it's for everybody. Here's one of the purposes for it out of 10. Isaiah 28, 11 through 12. I'm going to read it from the King James Version. It says, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not listen. Okay. So God right here, he prophesied. He said, for with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to this people. And this will also be a mechanism by which you will be refreshed. Okay, now let me say something. We're going to look at a couple, two more scriptures in a second. Praying in tongues is a spiritual platform by which God builds you up on the inside and makes you stronger and stronger so that the things that took you down in the past, you now laugh at. Okay, so it builds you up, builds you up. This is the reason why it is so important when you are driving home from work to pray in tongues on the way home. Now, if you're carpooling, I don't suggest that. You know, if you're doing the Uber pool, I don't suggest that. In the season when I was praying in tongues nine to 12 hours a day, um, I, got, I was doing it so much, so much, that one time I found myself standing in the grocery store at Kroger. And I started praying in tongues. And they turned around. Uh, I was like, no, I'm, I'm not Al-Qaeda. I'm, I'm not Al-Qaeda. Because I was doing it so much. Because they were like, this fool about to blow up the building. <laughs> you know? And I'm just laughing now, but it wasn't funny back then. People were like, hey, man, uh-uh, this ain't the place. Okay? So the Bible says don't let your good be evil spoken of. Be careful how you do things around people that don't understand. Don't go to your job speaking in tongues, walking through the front door, and they think you're crazy. There are some things that you have to do in private so that you don't cast your pearls before swine. It's not that what you're doing is incorrect, but a lot of times you're around people who have the mentality of a dog or a pig, and so they wouldn't understand it. Notice what it said. She's laughing at me. The Bible says, don't cast your what? 
pearls before. So it caused people who don't understand. Oh, Jesus, it caused them swine. So let's get back to the point. It builds you up. If you have to drive home, how many know when you get off work, they didn't wool you out. They didn't tow you down. The project made you go crazy. You, how many of you, how many of you know, you started work at 8 and at 8.02 you're ready to go home. I mean, it's one of them days. Y'all know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got to go. It's going to be a long day, man. <laughs> one of those, okay, one of those days. And, and how, many know you, how, many, how many of you have gotten in the car and you don't even start it? You just sit there. I called somebody the other day. I said, what you doing? I said, you got off work? Yeah, I'm just sitting here in the car. I haven't even started yet. I just need to take a moment. I don't even feel like driving, Jesus. Can you just, I can't wait until they come out with automatic cars. You just push that button. Nap time. Okay, it's coming. Trust me, it actually already got it. Tesla is working on that really well. But, uh, But the point that I'm making is, is that if you pray in tongues on the way home, you will find that by the time you walk through your door, on the inside, you will feel like you have not worked that day. Because praying in tongues, one of the things that it's for is for building you up and refreshing you. How many of you know? How many? I know I've had, I have this struggle. I'm just like, I don't want to take a shower. I don't want to take a shower. I don't want to take a shower. But how many of you know? You know, when, you know, you've had that long day and you're so tired, you don't want to take a shower. But how many of you know? You know, as soon as you take that shower, Man, all right, it's time for two hours of television. Now, man, I feel refreshed. Okay, well, now watch this. How is it that that stuff that collected itself to your body, when you wash it off, it gives you some type of energy? But you don't think that's happening to your soul and your spirit when you're in the midst of the muck and the mire all day long and you're listening to people that's crazy, people getting on your nerves. You're around people that got unclean spirits. You're around people that was doing all type of stuff the previous night. You going through stuff. You hearing stuff. You around stanky stuff. Y'all get my point. And this stuff is collecting itself on your spirit and on your soul and on your mind. And if you don't get yourself together... You'll see the married folk will know this. They're going to pretend. Well, I don't have pretenders at my church. I got real folk at my church. But 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 if you're a married person, you'll notice. Everything was fine. You get up, go to work, tell your wife or your husband bye. Everything was fine. And it is happened to before on the way home after work. You mysteriously start getting angry the closer you get to the house. <laughs> married folk know what I'm talking about. I was like, this is Satan. No, it's all of that crap that attached itself to you. All of the people that you were around that got terrible marriages, all of the little subtle things. We're not even talking about the people that hate you privately. And, and they saying things behind your back and you may not hear it, but it's still affecting you because it's a frequency. We're not even talking about that. So by the time you get home, you feel, and by the time you get in the car, you're like, you know what? I'm about to just sit here for a second. And then you cussing people out on the way home. You trying to get home. Take you 30 minutes. You trying to get there in five. Cutting you, cutting people off. Speeding, slowing down. Riding people on their bumper. Speed limit 55. You hunking at them because they only doing 70. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I learned this big time. Instead of doing all of that crazy foolishness, get in the car and pray in tongues, build myself up. Father, I thank you. I'm going to build myself up and refresh myself. It's really important, too, when you come to church at midweek. 
because if you notice, there's more of a pull on midweek because midweek you've been through the muck and the mire, and you're like, I'm just happy to be here. I know I don't want to pray loud. No, I don't want to get on my knees. No, I, I just want to sit here, Jesus, and just. And so it'll help if you come because see, when you come here on Saturday morning or at the other location on Sunday mornings, you kind of get up and you haven't been through all of that. So you can typically be a little bit more refreshed unless you got into it with your spouse on the way to church, and that's another problem. And my wife are pretty good, though. We don't usually, that, that's really, never mind. I just realized, we, I mean, that doesn't happen to us anymore. We used to do it back in the day, you know. Y'all been there. You know, you get up, and, and you get up in the presence of the Lord, and then you end up in the presence of Satan, and you fight on the way to church, and then you sit through the service, and mysteriously, the Holy Spirit sucks all of the foolishness out of both of y'all, and then you're happy on the way home. It's amazing how that happens, you know. That's what happens at real churches. I don't know about the ones where everybody is just, never mind. So y'all get my point. It's very, very important for you to build yourself up and to refresh yourself and refresh yourself um, because it's a spiritual cleansing. Um, and, and so, you know, I'll, you've heard me give the example before. If you go sit on the porch, you know, you can take a bath and a shower, go sit on the porch. And just stay perfectly still. You don't have to do anything, say anything, just sit perfectly still. After one hour, go get a white paper towel and wipe your forehead, and it's dirt on it. You just took a bath, doesn't matter. It's stuff in the atmosphere always collecting itself to your body. Okay? So in the same way, there's stuff, and it's even worse when it comes to the soulish and the spiritual atmosphere. Because these things collect to your soul And if you don't constantly refresh yourself by being in the word and in this particular teaching, praying in other tongues, uh, this is the reason why so many Christians who don't pray in tongues struggle typically more than the ones who do, because they don't even have uh, the ability to build themselves up that way. And they love God, but they're frustrated and they can always tell on the inside that something is missing. They can always tell it's a frustrating because something in you says I'm supposed to have the ability to, to get myself clean and refreshed and build myself up and make myself stronger. God is telling me to be more than a conqueror, but I don't know how. OK, so everybody say refresh yourself. You knew I was coming. I just had to go ahead and throw it in there. It just kind of came. <laughs> OK, so uh, as a young girl that just joined our church at the Sunday location, and I gave her instructions this Sunday. I said, now, I don't want you to try praying in tongues for an hour because I want you to kill yourself. How many know, if you haven't prayed at all, praying in for, for two minutes seemed like an eternity. I mean, I, I mean, some of y'all, the first time, you, you know, you, you, you receive the gift and everything, and, and we told you to pray for an hour, <laughs> you went home. <laughs> And you prayed, and you were going, I'm praying in the tongue, you know, Sunday. Man, I thought 20 minutes passed. Two minutes? Are you serious? Because you're not used to it. You have to condition yourself with spiritual things the same way you condition yourself with physical things. If you're not used to running, and I tell you to run five miles, you're going to run about a quarter of a mile and say, you know what, y'all? Call me an Uber, Lyft, taxi, Batman, Superman. Somebody need to come pick me up because I'm not used to running this far. But you can run that far. So I told her, start with 15 minutes. And I said, force yourself to do it. And she texted me later um, on Monday, because I told her on Sunday. And she said, I did it. I prayed in tongues for 15 minutes. She said, I have never felt that good before. She said, my mind was just clear. She said, oh, my goodness. And I said, yes, that's, that's one of the things that it's for. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14.1. 
We're going to read these first four verses. All righty. 1 Corinthians 14.1. Let love be your highest goal. I wish a lot of people would read that. Unfortunately, sometimes for people, power is their highest goal. Money is their highest goal. A title is their highest goal. Okay. It's funny because in ministry, a title is the highest goal. In business, money is the highest goal. It says, but you should also desire the special ability the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. So hold on. It says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities or gifts that the Spirit gives. Okay, well, now stop. If these gifts were only for a select group of people, then it would say that. But this is written to men and women, and it's a general statement. How many of you know love shouldn't be everyone's highest goal in this room? So because that's supposed to be everyone's goal, they also put this in the same context. Love should be your highest goal, but also a secondary goal should be operating in the special abilities that the Spirit gives. You see this pattern throughout the Bible. Here it says, let love be your goal, but also let power be your goal. Paul said that I might know Jesus and I might also operate in his power. Now the scripture says, seek the Lord and his strength. You see that pattern? It's the same pattern all, y'all, the Bible says the same thing multiple times. All of, that's how you can tell that it's the truth. If a preacher tells you, brother, such, 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 wonderful, show it to me in three places. Uh, well, the Lord, I don't care nothing about the Lord, show it to me in three places. I know that was rude, that seems strange, that's exactly what I tell them. Holy Ghost, don't care nothing about the Holy Ghost. Show it to me in three places, because the Holy Ghost said, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let his word be established. So the Holy Ghost that you're talking about, I don't recognize him. That's how I talk to people. Y'all, ain't time to quote scripture to everybody at the gym and all at the, at the grocery store. You just got to hit people with common sense, which ain't too common. Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Now, here's the definition of prophesy. The foretelling of future events pertaining especially to the kingdom of God. To utter forth, declare a thing which can only be known by divine revelation. What you saw me doing at the beginning of service was this. It just comes upon you. It means to break forth under sudden impulse and lofty discourse or praise of the divine counsels. So he said, let love be your highest goal. Desire to walk in the special abilities that the spirit gives and also desire to operate in the ability to prophesy. Okay. First Corinthians 14 two. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the spirit, but it will all be mysterious. Or like the Holy Ghost told me, which is also a definition, when you're praying in tongues, you're speaking formulas. That's all you're doing. Speak. Uh, it's, when you're praying in tongues, you're doing multiple things at the same time. We'll get over into that maybe next week which is you're constantly speaking formulas, 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 formulas for getting people saved, formulas for getting people healed, formulas for getting people uh, out of sex slavery, formulas for keeping people protected. I will share story after story after story of how the Lord it came upon us and said, I need you to pray about the situation. And it was us praying the formula so God could come in and rescue that individual. That'll be next time. Okay. But here 
It says, you'll be speaking only to God. People say, you need an interpreter. Not if you're talking to God. You don't need an interpreter. A person can't interpret it. Okay, can't interpret it. Since people won't be able to understand you, you'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. 1 Corinthians 14.3. One who prophesies strengthens others. We read the definition of prophesying. Encourages them and comforts them. When I was speaking by the Spirit, how many know that was strengthening you, that was encouraging you, and it was comforting you? Now it's flowing out of me, but I'm I'm it's I'm flowing I'm, I'm it's flowing out of me, but I'm being encouraged by it myself. And then I tried to stop, and it just came back around again. This is the Holy Spirit speaking through someone, divinely, in order to uh, declare and prophesy your future. Okay, Think, uh, she operated in that on Saturday morning, and it was the Lord telling us to forgive and operate in love, and and like they come out many different ways. Okay. <clears throat> Where am I at? One who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and covers them. And 1 Corinthians 14, 4 is where I end in regards to this. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the church. That's why there's so much confusion. People don't understand that there's two different types of tongues. There is the personal ministry of tongues where it's between you and God that you can do in your private time or you can do in a church setting. The same way that all of us can sing a song to God and not each other is the same way all of us can be focused in on God in a service and praying in tongues like we do in our services. It's always amazing to me that it does not turn out to first-time visitors because they see it in the, in the divine order. Okay? So that's praying in other tongues. And it says, you are strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I'm just showing you a couple of scriptures that say when you pray in other tongues, it strengthens you. Now, again, to answer this silly question, if praying in tongues strengthens you, why would God only want a select group of people to have that? That makes no sense whatsoever. God wants only her and her and him and him to be strengthened, but the rest of you, you're on your own. You got to do it your own way. I don't think so. See, that's what's so powerful about the scripture is that God does not play favorites. He's not a respecter of persons. Okay? Jude 120. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Okay? Faith comes by hearing the word, praying in tongues. You build yourself up on top of that. This is the simple one. The rest of them are more complex, more scientific, and beyond powerful when it comes to praying in tongues. But this is the simple one. Jesus said in Isaiah, he said, we will speak to you this way through stammering lips and another tongue. This will be the mechanism by which you will become stronger and stronger and stronger in the spirit. And the stronger you are in the spirit, it allows you to operate at different platforms. Okay? I never will forget at the, the, I had spent a season, and that's why, that's why, let me tell you something. Um, this is for anybody. Um, a lot of people, when they do receive this, they don't pray that much. Let me tell you something. As a person who takes the microphone, always remember this. However much time you spend praying in tongues in your private time, when you hold the microphone, that entire level comes upon the entire audience. So that's why I can listen to a minister and within 30 seconds, I can locate him in the spirit. Don't need to know nothing about him because I've been I've been so deep in and there are other men that they went deeper than me. OK, but <laughs> I've been so deep in 
I know what that level feels like and I know what it sounds like. It's an authority, it's a heaviness, it's a weight to your voice. That dimension, the more you pray in tongues, it, it adds weight to your words. You can, you can preach the most driest message, but people think, I mean, they can't, they can't explain it because it wasn't the revelation, it was the weight of the words. Because the Bible says when you pray in tongues, it says you build yourself up. When you build yourself up, words come out of you. And so the words come out of you at the level that you are at on the inside. So that's the difference between some ministers, and that's why you can listen to one minister, and he sounds good, but there's, there's, there's nothing hitting you. You can listen to another guy, and, and, and it's just like, I need to go read my Bible. I need to go pray. I need to, it's because they're operating from a different level of weight. They're operating from a different dimension. They're operating from a different platform. And so that's why the Bible, I mean, that's why the devil fights against men ever receiving the gift of tongues and convinces preachers that it's not for everybody. It's hard. You got to tarry. No, all you got to do is ask. Okay. And I tell people all the time, and I'll be telling that, look, if you want to pray in tongues, just come to our church. We do it by telephone now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so simple. Quit trying to over-explain it, telling them, you know, oh, this and that and this and that. No, just, I don't even read it. You know, now I don't even really show them the scripture. I just say, look, Luke 11, 13 says to ask him for the Holy Spirit. Repeat that to me. Father, I want the Holy Spirit. Father, I want the Holy Spirit. Thank you for it now, in Jesus' name. Thank you for it now, in Jesus' name. Take a deep breath, start speaking in tongues. They start preaching in tongues, then they get mad. You mean to tell me it was this simple? Yes, unfortunately, it's the devil and the preachers that make it hard. And your grandma would have a coffee with Jesus every single morning. So praying in tongues, the more you do it, the more it increases the levels in the spirit and you begin to operate at a different platform just in your normal everyday life. That's why Satan fights against it so hard because you can get to a level where now you don't have to speak back to Satan because everything he does bounces off of you because you're in a different dimension. Okay. It's also, it's like, it's also the higher you go up, the more difficult it becomes for them to shoot at you. Um, and so I never will forget the first time I did this. I went overseas to the biggest church in the world and um, learned about longevity in prayer. Longevity, longevity. And it can be a little bit difficult at first. And even if you have done it, you have to get into a rhythm of it because I'd be at, I, would, I could only do it at church. I hate to say this, but they would have early morning prayer. So I would go to early morning prayer and then I would go into the balcony and hide. So that when they locked the building, I would still be up there praying. So I, and I'd stand there and I'd pray for six, seven, eight hours. Okay. And then other times I would go to an island and sit in front of the water. And it can be difficult because um, um, the first two hours are the most difficult. Then you get into cruise control and a rhythm. The same difficulty it is to continue, it now becomes that same level of difficulty to stop. Because you get out there in the unknown. I know this, how many of you know this is some deeper stuff, but this is some good stuff. By the, this is available for the whole body of Christ. You get out there into the unknown, and it's just like cruise control, cruise control, cruise control. And you get into a rhythm, and get into a rhythm, and then time begins to go by. Time begins to go by. Then you get these urges that will hit you all of a sudden. Where every fiber of your being wants to stop praying and go to the movies, go get something to eat, go to a restaurant. And you got to push through that because it's, it's a strange feeling because you're praying in tongues, but every fiber of your being wants to stop. I mean, you can, I mean, it's just all over from head to toe, every, everything. It's a demonic attack because you are destroying something in the spiritual realm that they have built for centuries. And they're trying to get you to stop before you complete the job. We'll talk about that in the next couple of weeks. Okay. So that's what it is. It's a dimension. So I remember the first time 
<sighs> I haven't got to the point yet. The first time I was doing this for a short season, and I went and did a counseling session with a lady, and I was just talking to the lady, talking to the lady, talking to the lady. And after about 15 minutes, she said, sir, I don't mean to be rude. She says, I need you to stop talking. And I thought, did I say something to offend you? She said, no, the power of your words make me feel like I'm going to explode from the inside. I never forgot that. And so this is how Jesus could operate in the level. You know, most people don't believe this. I'll prove it to you next time. Jesus prayed in tongues. He had to. That's why it's the only thing that he did in private. It's the only thing the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to do was pray because he was always doing it in private. He did not want to confuse them until the proper time. I'll get to that and prove to that later. But the point that I was talking about is the refreshing. Okay. <laughs> you know, I get off track with multiple threads and streams and everything else. But it's so mysterious. It's so mysterious. And the Lord will let you practice it. Okay. It is a discipline. It is a sacrifice. I mean, I mean, especially if you work a job. You got to find some place outside where you can't fall asleep because I can't do it on the inside, especially now with having a family. It's not going to happen. By the time my wife starts cooking something or, you know, she, you want to do this, you want to do that, or I'll come up with an idea, hey, let's do this. I just can't do it. And then my house is too comfortable and it's too peaceful, so I try to pray in tongues, laying on the bed, that doesn't work, you know. And, and then I try to pray in tongues, sitting up, that doesn't work. Try to pray in tongues, just sitting, that doesn't work either. I mean, I just got to pretty much stand outside in the cold in the rain and and then I go back inside and because I was in the rain then I fall I mean, I've done all of this by the way I mean in the wintertime I go out there and sit on the porch with a hoodie on looking like Darth Maul from you know from Star Wars Star Wars and I'm sitting out there and praying in tongues and and everything shivering trying to keep myself awake then I get so cold I go back inside the house well guess what how many know when you've been outside in the cold and you go in a warm house oh oh there it is Jesus thank you Lord <laughs> I mean, so it's just, I got to do it. I can't do it. I got to come here. I got to go outside. I got to go to a park, you know, but it is a discipline. But when you go in deep like that, um, there are experiences that happen in the future that show up and they're unexplainable. Um, your wisdom increases because the other thing is, is that, okay, my, one, remember one scripture said it's the refreshing, but it also said, that when you pray in tongues, in the, uh, in the King James, it says you edify yourself. Any of you had a, ever had a dead battery? Okay, your battery is dead. What do you do? Call a tow truck or you hook it up to a better battery. And what does the better battery do? It, it pushes, puts the juice in the dead battery and brings it up to the level. That's what praying in tongues is. It's hooking up cables to heaven. And then heaven begins to download and refresh you and build you up, build you up and make you strong, make you strong, make you strong, make you strong. And that's why the scripture says if you strength, if you fail in a day of adversity, it's only because your strength is small. It's not, there is no such thing as a test that's too hard. It's just simply you weren't prepared for the test. That's all it is. And so you can build yourself up to anything. So just remember that. I know I'm beating a dead horse a little bit here. But when you praying in tongues, you build yourself up, you make yourself stronger. And you ended up, you end up going into the mysterious realm by which um, things will show up in the future. You operate at a different dimension. You no longer have to, I always say this, if you pray all the time, you never have to pray about anything. You just know what to do. Um, your power, your wisdom, that's what I was saying. Okay, remember, remember the scripture that says, you are God's workers, you are God's field, and you are God's what? You are God's building. So when you're praying in tongues, you're building the building on the inside of you. And you also, praying in tongues, stretches the spiritual capacity to handle the deeper things of God. 
because the deeper things of God have to be dropped on the inside of you. Then they explode and they expand in your spirit and your mind and your mind has to be your mind has to be expanded. It has to be stretched because anything that God has for you is eternity. And, and so you so y'all, I, I, I hope you all follow me. OK. Okay, so when you build yourself up praying in tongues and it's just expanding yourself, expanding yourself, expanding yourself, and you begin to house more power, you build yourself and you become bigger. There are some men that they're so big that if they just come to a city, the whole city gets locked down in the spirit. Those are called generals. Billy Graham was one. Smith Wigglesworth was another. Kenneth Hagin was one. I remember Kenneth Hagin used to come to Detroit at the church I was at, and when he was coming to town, half the people wouldn't come to church. They were just scared of the level that he walked in, okay? Now, what's scary is our whole church is starting to walk in this level, okay? And so, so that's what it is, is that it is a platform by which you make yourself bigger on the inside than you are on the outside, okay? You can be this small in spirit. You can be this big. You can be this big. Your spirit can be so big that when you walk in an auditorium, your spirit is bigger than the building. That's all through praying in tongues. This is the reason why Catherine Kuhlman, she could stay in a hotel and everybody in the hotel would get healed. Why? Because her spirit was so big. Why do you think Peter's shadow was getting healed? It really wasn't quite his shadow. It was his spirit was so big. Anybody who came close within that range, you got what was already on him. Anybody can walk in this. Anybody can walk in this. Okay? So I'm just encouraging you to keep yourself refreshed. Keep yourself clean. You don't want to be walking around stanking in the spirit. You don't want to be doing that. Okay, but these things are very, very real. The Bible says that which is natural is first and then spiritual. Every natural thing around you is encoded with the spiritual revelation about how the invisible realm works. So people for years have questioned, this is my last statement, then I'll let you all go. People for years have questioned, where does your revelation come from? Why is it that you say stuff that I've never heard anybody else say before? Okay. And it's based on this one rule. Years ago, the Lord shared this with me. He said, the spiritual realm is like a tunnel that goes on forever. And he said, if you hardly pray, you stay right at the beginning of the, t- on the tunnel, knowing that there's a deeper level and a deeper dimension on the inside, but you don't go anywhere because you don't pray in tongues. Okay? So let's say that that's me. Okay? You then take, let's say that you take Sister Kim. And let's say that Sister Kim... You know, she has consistently gotten to a point where her limit is an hour of praying in tongues. Okay. And by the way, as a secret, um, it takes about 30 to 45 minutes of praying in tongues for your mind and your body to go flat, just shut down. When you first start praying in tongues, okay, how many of you know? Your mind is all over the place. Man, you be thinking about bunny rabbits coming through, the energizer bunny coming running through your dream. Godzilla and King Kong sharing a pretzel. You think about your auntie that you ain't talked about to in the last 50 years. I mean, you think about a move. I mean, and you're like, oh, this is the devil. I'm going crazy. No, your mind is used to activity. Your mind is used to. So all the time, praying in tongues has nothing to do with your mind. That's why Paul said, when I pray in tongues, he said, my understanding is unfruitful. Because it bypasses your mind. So because it bypasses your mind, your mind just got free range. Well, I'm not connected to my human right now, so I'm just going to think about whatever I want to think about. Let's go into our depository of foolishness and just bring out all type of stuff. Oh, let's think about my boyfriend that broke up with me 50 years ago. I wonder if he's still living. I, man, all type of stuff will come. Man, you'll have recipe ideas while you're cooking about food that you don't even like. 
That's your mind saying, well, we're not really connected to the person. Let's just come up with some stuff. And so it's just thinking. So when you're praying in tongues, so, but, but if you prayed in tongues for an hour, you know this, you pray in, especially if you concentrate it. And if you're just looking at your phone and doing stuff, that, that, that throws stuff off. It takes you longer because you're trying to mix the spiritual and the carnal at the same time. Okay. And those don't mix. So you, you spend time praying in tongues, praying in tongues, and your body gets built up to such a degree that then it now shuts your mind down. And, that, and when that happens, your mind just goes, boom, like deadline, bam, nothing is going through. Nothing goes through. Now you are fully in the spirit. Your mind is shut down. Your body is shut down. And the spirit man is taken over. And you are now running through the spirit realm on cruise control, headed to other dimensions. You can only tell, and oh God, I'm deeper for a second now. When you're praying in tongues, it's you flying through a universe blind. Jesus. Most of you have seen a blind man with a walking stick, right? It's amazing to see how some of those blind men can become fully functional in a realm that they cannot see. Years ago when I was single, I used to work at the gym, and there was a lady who, she would catch, catch the bus to the gym, get off at the bus stop, walk to the gym, come inside and work out, and then go back home, blind, okay? But one of the ways they can do that is every blind man usually has something called a walking stick. They can't see the realm that they live in, can't see the realm that they walk in, can't see the realm that they're flowing in, but the walking stick kind of helps them feel around. Okay, and, and what happens is, is that if they keep going down the same path every single day, they begin to recognize certain things that they feel in the spirit. Don't know quite what it is, but they know that whatever it is, and then they, over time, they end up learning what this is. And they keep on going, and, and they end up with it. And the walking stick kind of lets you know you're running into something. And, and if you keep doing that, you begin to know what these things are in the spirit. The same way that he'll know, okay, I know where I am now. Right now, this is at the post office, okay? You know, right here, oh, this is that telephone pole that's always sitting there. And as a result of that, he can begin fully functional every single day in a realm that he cannot see. That's how it is when it comes to the spiritual realm praying in tongues. You're in a realm that you cannot see. And so that's the reason why the devil keeps you not doing it or very limited because you don't travel very far when you keep yourself to 15 minutes. Y'all got me? And so as you keep on going, you begin to feel certain things in that realm. You bump into certain things. You feel a certain way. And then you begin to know what is going on in that realm. And then when you come out of that realm, you can tap into it at will because you know how that realm. Y'all got me what I'm saying? This is the dimension that the body of Christ is not walking in because, unfortunately, a lot of people don't even believe in the very thing that allows you to live in both realms at the same time, walking in a perfect victory. So that's an example of expanding your spirit and how the more you pray in tongues, the more you operate in these platforms and these dimensions. And then the Lord starts dropping certain things in you. And that's where your boldness comes from. Boldness comes from being in the spirit and you have been built up to such a degree that now you know certain things. Okay, so I'm going to encourage you. One thing it does is the refreshing. The other thing it does is it builds you up. And again, okay, I mean, you know, some of us in the room have tried to set the Guinness World Book of Records and put my hand down because it wasn't me. 
He said the Guinness World Book of Records for how many days we could go showerless and bathless. Now we'll forget. How many you know it's just certain things that are so crazy you won't forget it even if you go see now. Now we'll forget that dude that came in my office and uh, guess why they were there? Because he wanted his wife to be intimate with him even if he hadn't had a bath or a shower in like four or five days. And I was just like, where do y'all find these people from? Just, uh, what make you think? Oh, Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Come on, man. Okay, so, but that's what it looks like. Hey, how many know? If you start not taking a bath, you start smelling funny. Go long enough, we can smell you before we see you. Go long enough, you start having problems with your skin. Go long enough, you start attracting bugs. I heard a very horrific story today, and it just bothered me. As a, a young, y'all, I, I feel just let to share this. Don't ever do stuff on a dare. Don't do stuff on dares. That can be a trick. This young man, he was at a little party hanging out with his friends, and they were outside, and he was a young man, and he, worked, he was on the soccer team. And one of his friends, they were drinking, and they dared him to eat a slug. Um, and, and he swallowed the slug, and, and now the boy has no control over his bodily functions. He went into a coma for months, and he's in a wheelchair. He's a quadriplegic over, over a dare, over a slug. You know, there are things that the enemy, the enemy was always looking for a reason to mess up your life. Okay, some of y'all remember in the documentary, the young girl said, I never thought about being a lesbian or being with a girl. She said, I ended up in the lifestyle because somebody dared me to go on a date with a girl. And she ended up going to this lifestyle. Okay, so be careful about these things. And, and since I say that, staying refreshed also and keeping yourself built up this way, it keeps you very, very alert. Very alert. When you keep yourself charged up like this, I encourage people to try to do it in the morning. I also encourage people to try to do it the first thing, even if you're married, first thing you go home. Give me 15 minutes. Let me just go charge myself up, especially if you can live close to home. Okay, and there's many different ways you can do it. But but these are things that you do to build yourself up. And when you do that, it makes you very aware of your surroundings. You walk in places and you just know things about people because you're built up. Okay, so, you know, just remember that. And particularly for you all, more and more, we're going to be creating uh, mentorship for ministry and business. Um. Doing this with business keeps you on the cutting edge of technology, but doing this in ministry um, is, the, is whether or not you are a general or a private in the spirit. And, um, and it's the weight, okay? There's no way around it. There's nothing you can do. It's, it's only two ways. Now, now you can speed up the process by how much love and humility you walk in. That makes a huge difference. Those are like nitrous oxide when it comes to this. But if you want to build up your weight in the spirit, it comes by time in the word and in particularly Time praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, because the Bible says when you build yourself up, edify yourself, you get bigger and you get bigger and bigger. And then when you speak, you might not know how to put two words together. Smith Wigglesworth was a very illiterate man. He could not speak well. But they said when the man spoke, demons moved because, you know, theory or 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 uh, what is it called? A, not a riddle, but wives. What do they call those tales? Yeah, myth is, it's another word that I'm looking for, but myth is that Smith, 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 say it again, legend is, there it is, 
Legend is Smith Wigglesworth never prayed in tongues more than 30 minutes, but that he never went more than 30 minutes without praying in tongues. Legend is. But we do know that a man consistently raised people from the dead because when you you build yourself up, it has an effect on your eyes and your ears and your mindset. You're actually building yourself up into the God status. And the longer you pray that more, the pray that way, the more you start becoming like him. And the more you start becoming like him, the more you can do what he can do, see what he can see, hear what he can hear, and understand what he can understand. Okay? So, all right, let's go ahead and stand. Woo! Yeah, this is all of the basic stuff to walk in power. You have to have the foundational stuff in order to do these things. And so, um, so we encourage you, you know. And so that's the me- main reason why tongues is not in the church is because the devil is convincing them to push it out. The devil is always going to convince you to not do the thing that's going to destroy him. You know, someone called me today. Oh, it's my daughter. I don't know what she was doing. <laughs> I got one of these calls there from my daughter. Daddy, you busy? Uh, yeah, I'm getting ready to take a shower, go to church. Okay, I got a good question. Okay, now when it comes to casting out demons, I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, what is she doing? She was like, you know, what about the people that don't pray in tongues? You know, and so I had to explain to her that in Scripture, let me say this and make it very clear. Praying in tongues does not get rid of demons. That is always very important. So I know when we're new, I know like when we had the situation, everybody was screaming in tongues, boom, boom. That does not make a demon come out because they don't understand what you're saying. Demons don't understand tongues. What tongues does is it builds you up and makes you strong. And maybe, like with fasting and prayer, it makes you strong so that maybe if you have some stronger ones, when you give the command in your negative tongue, they then can come out. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a pulling, it's a pulling. But praying in tongues does not make demons come out because they don't understand tongues. It's Morse code to them. So you're praying in tongues, they don't know, I have an idea what you're doing, but you are building yourself up, so it's okay to do that. But I tell my daughter, I said, well, give them the same scripture. I said, in scripture, the disciples didn't pray in tongues, but they had authority over every demonic creature. Okay? So praying in tongues is not a prerequisite for casting out demons. The prerequisite for casting out demons is that you are a Christian and you use the name of Jesus Christ. Okay? We got to make these things clear because people have turned stuff into erroneous doctrines and, and all of those type of things. And how do we get on? How do we get on that? Demons. Who? Yeah, but how do? Never mind. Why am I telling you my daughter called me? Okay, but anyway. So, but yeah, this is foundational stuff. Be able to walk in power, and you have to be, have to have these basics so that you don't get off track. Because the enemy, there's a reason why most deli- Do you know that most deliverance ministries don't grow? It's because they can cast out demons, but they don't have that foundational word and wisdom that prevents them from getting off track. If you spend your life casting out demons, guess what? The dark side comes for you. And if you're not rooted in humility and love and strategy and the word, it is always the word that is the safety net, period. The word, if you, no matter how much power you walk in, if you just stick to putting the word first above every dream, every vision, every prophecy, every miraculous healing. If you put the word first, you won't get off track. But people that get off track, they start getting erroneous stuff that's not in the word. And when you try to check them, well, no, the Holy Spirit told me. Well, and they're, they're moved by that. 
because they look at the miracle that they can do. Sometimes the worst thing for a Christian is for them to perform a miracle because then they get prideful. Say, God is with me. God is with everybody. Okay. And so be very, very careful. Just as the Lord told Rejoiner, just because he said, my sons make this mistake. They think that because I give them a little bit of power to do a miracle, that their ways are my ways and their thoughts are my thoughts. When actually I gave you the power for the person, not you. <laughs> See, that's the wisdom that's not being shared nowadays. So people operate in this and they just get cocky. Now you got to carry me into the sanctuary with a pillow. I got to have a special chair walking in with a cane and a Burger King hat. Y'all know all of this type of stuff. Got an assistant calling him an armor bearer, carrying my briefcase. That ain't no, that's, that's where that comes from. You get a couple of miracles in and now, oh man, I am somebody. Martin Luther, never mind, he didn't say that. Did he? No, I don't know. It's Black History Month, is it? It's over. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of messing up, ain't I? This is first time visitors are like, what? All right, let's go ahead and pray before I mess this all up. Thank you, Father. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We praise you. Lord God, for tonight's Bible study, these things are foundational truths that will allow us to begin to operate in the gifts of the Spirit more in the service as well as in our community and the world around us. Help us, oh Lord God, to see the trappings of the enemy that causes us not to be able to spend time refreshing ourselves in the spirit, refreshing our soul, and building ourselves up into the higher dimensions for us to operate in. You have called every man, every woman to operate in the exact same level as Jesus Christ. Therefore, O Lord God, you have not withheld any gifts and you have not withheld any weapons. So, O Lord God, this church will be known as one that has received them all, and this church will be known as one that walks in them all. So we thank you, O Lord God, for this day. Thank you, O Lord God, for every person that has come out. As we get ready to leave this place, O Father, we thank you that your hand of protection goes with us. No car accidents, no flat tires, and no engine failures. Thank you for keeping us in perfect peace until we come together again. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen. Just a couple of announcements.